It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This Ace Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Check out their spring collection. Go to linksoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. It's time to talk pitching with the pitching guru, Scott Emerson. Chris Townsend sits down with the A's pitching coach exclusively on A's Cast. Outside corner, ring him up. And Eaton can't believe it. Perfect pitch right on the black. Here's Chris Townsend. We are able somehow, some way, to lure one of the top pitching coaches in all of baseball into our booth to start the show. The great Scott Emerson joins us here on A's Cast Live. You have technically never been up to the press box before, and you've been working for the A's since 2000 what? 2003. You've never been here? Never been up here. Nope. It's a great view of the ballpark, I can tell you that. See, this is where we hang out watching you every single day. Well, that's a thing, huh? I, I mean, what a view, though. I mean, to, to look out here and, and see this great field that that the A's put in and, and know that we're going to hopefully have baseball tonight, it's awesome. And that's where when people say to me and they say to whether it's Ken Korak, Vince Catronio, Dallas Braden, or the great Glenn Kuyper, and they say, oh, man, it's a tough season. This is our job. We sit here and watch baseball and talk about baseball. And I don't care what anybody says about the Coliseum. My view is as good as anybody in baseball. Well, it, I, I will say, you know, looking down at the field here, what a beautiful view. Yeah. So, how I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Now, obviously, things, you know, we can't sugarcoat it. Things have been tough. And, and I know the... So the number one thing for you is you're a teacher, and, and these are your guys. I mean, these are your students, and it means so much. I think people need to understand, and we can talk about all the coaches, but when those if, if guys go out and struggle, that hurts for you because you're living and dying with every single pitch. Yeah, it's not it's not easy. You know, uh, you want your 13 guys to go out there and perform and, and pitch up to their capabilities and and be relaxed, cool, calm, and collected. And and sometimes when you don't see that, you feel it. You know, you feel it for each guy who's who's going out there and maybe not producing the, the way they they want to produce. And you're always trying to find a way to help everybody. You know, the one thing that you know keeps me sane, I guess, is is the process and understanding that uh, it is a process with a lot of young pitchers. Uh, but the grind and the work to to uh, to find ways to get guys better and and then you got to get them to believe in, in some change sometimes and, and understand that what's good for them in, in the in the big picture thinking and big picture thinking is something that we need right now. We know we need to know like in 17, you know, part of 17 was if you don't pitch inside, if you don't use your change up, uh, you're going to struggle here at the big league level and. And it's getting these guys to understand that, yes, I want to win as many games as we possibly can here, but we're also building for the future. We're building this organization and this pitching staff for the future. And that future is being able to be a pitcher and not a thrower. And and our guys understand that. I mean, look, man, we, we got a bunch of hardworking guys that care about what they're out uh, doing each and every day. 
it's, you know, hopefully we can get out there and, you know, find some luck and, and, and find that drive and that determination to stick to the process and think of uh, big picture thinking. You know, it's one thing that when you tell guys at the end of the year, you say, hey, we want you to work on X, Y, and Z in the offseason. Or when you're in spring training and you're working on a changeup, you're working on a slider. We can now say a sweeper, whatever you're working on. How tough is it to make change, though, during the season? Yeah, it, it's really tough because, uh, especially for me, when you, when you have young pitchers, you know, you want them to be out there being able to breathe and being able to be relaxed. You, you don't want to be able to think about mechanics or think about how I'm going to make my pitch better. You, you want them to understand how to to pitch the game, you know, the, the scouting reports, the opposing hitter. You know, you're going out there and it it's, uh, you know, putting the game plan together to pitch the game. But if you're out there and, and you're thinking about, you know, where your arm is and where oh. your leg, I, I think it's just a really hard thing to, to accomplish. Yeah. You know, when, when you go searching for problems, you're going to find problems and trying to get that mindset to be, hey, look, you're good enough to be here. You have to execute your pitches. You, 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 you look at the hitter's weaknesses and do I have a strength to cover that weakness or do I got to go strength on strength? And the good pitchers have that ability. That's why I love the changeup so much, not saying you got to overthrow it. That's why I love fastball command so much, not saying you got to overthrow it. But when you use that fastball, is it useful? You know, getting more balls in play so starters can go deeper in games. More balls in play, starters going deeper in the games. It gets relievers out to the mound fresh. So it, it's a combination of everything that, you know, we're trying to accomplish to help each and every individual. Those starters go out there. We got a great performance last night from Mason Miller. Gave us a chance to win the ball game. It just didn't happen. Uh, and the more times, you know, our starters can go out there and, and – you know, get into the six, really, really fight to get into the sixth inning right now. Uh, the better the relievers will be in, in, in return, in my opinion, the, the more opportunities for wins we're going to have. So, you know, we grew up in a similar era when we were pitching and it was everything was off your fastball. Now we have guys so harder than ever before, but they throw their fastball less than ever before. So you think about you coming up and then in your career professionally, did you ever think we'd see a time where guys would throw more breaking balls on average than they would fastballs? No, but but what, what in my opinion, what happens is, you know, guys are searching for velocity. And when they find philosophy of velocity, sometimes there's an overthrow. And if you look at command, guys just aren't commanding the fastball, in my opinion, uh, back was back in our day, we depended on it. So we, we, we practiced it and we worked on our command. Now the game has kind of shifted to that kind of swing and miss stuff. And that breaking ball shows up a little bit more, but if you do, don't have enough fastball command and they're taking your breaking ball and you're not throwing enough strikes, we see the walks go up. So you still have to find a way to command that fastball when you throw it. I'm not saying, you know, back in our day, we threw it probably 60 to 70% of the time. And nowadays it's right around 50 but that 50% still needs to be commanded when it's thrown. And when you're trying to throw a little bit harder or when somebody who doesn't throw, they need max effort level to get high velocity, they're just not going to command it as well. What you see is the walk rate go up a little bit. And guys, you know, why throw a fastball where I don't know where it's going when I can just spin one down at the bottom of the zone? And you see a lot of that. And, you know, the guys that throw 95 to 100, they got late breaking balls. You know, the guys that throw 92 to 95, they got to command the ball. And the, the more they command the ball or when they use their fastball, I, I really believe the better they're going to be. 
Well, and I think about Mason Miller going last night. Obviously, he's a very unique talent, and he's also very unique on what happened with him being as getting into being adult, being diagnosed with type one diabetes, that he learned to pitch at nine, you know, probably 89 to 92, right, right around in that range where, as you said, you got to throw strikes. Like if you don't throw strikes, you're, you're going to get hammered and you'll never get to any level. So he learned to pitch with all of his pitches, then diagnosed, then they, they help him with everything you have to do with a diabetic. And next thing you know, here he is, gains weight, velocity, gains weight, velocity. How much do you credit w- learning to pitch and then now getting 100? He already knew how to pitch, so now it's like, I just throw harder, but I already know how to do it. Yeah, I know. I, I think if you take those elite uh, velocity guys and that are elite uh, the pitchers, and we know who they are around the league, if you deduct four miles an hour off them, they still – can pitch and they yeah. still can compete and they can still get outs. Uh, they command the strike zone with their fastball. They got good breaking balls that they can go down and away with and they can subtract and they're unpredictable and they have that grit. You know, I, I looked at, uh, you know, watch Mason Miller over his three games. And he's got grit. I can tell you that this guy wants the baseball. He wants to fight. He wants to find a way to get you out. You know, simple math last night, 100 pitches, 54 strikes. That's not, you know, always ideal to just throw 54% strikes, but he had that grit. He made pitches when he had to. Uh, he had some punch outs to end innings, and, and that's special. You know, that's that's the guy you're looking for, you know, somebody with that, that heart that can get out there and fight and have grit. And when you have that and a hundred mile an hour heater in your pocket and good late breaking balls, you'll find a way to get outs. And, and that's what Mason did last you night. You have to learn to compete when you don't have your best. And, and, and compete is, is, you know, the one thing that you always want your guys to go out there and do. And look, our guys go out and compete. They, they, they really do. I mean, there's not anybody on our team that doesn't want to play baseball. And, uh, you know, right now we just got to find a way to, to keep that grit alive and keep that, uh, you know, not fun, but, you know, you know, uh, keep that uh, professionalism going that, Hey, we're going to work hard. We're going to play hard. We're going to, uh, uh, stick to the process and grind. And that's all we can ask of our players and our, our staff and our organization that just stay in the fight. It's not easy. It's, it's not fun. You know, it, it's, it, it's grinding right now to be honest with you, but, but you got to go home every night and look in the mirror and say, yeah, I want this for this organization in the long haul. And, and the grid is what's going to keep us going and the process. And, and uh, we've got a lot of people in this organization that believe in ourselves and, and uh, we just got to get to that point where, Everybody is uh, doing their part to keep grinding and, and keep that grid alive, which we are. And hopefully uh, sooner rather than later, good things are going to happen for us. And we got a long way to go, but already what you have seen, especially Ken Waldachuk, the last few outings, the way he's competed in his stuff, J.P. Sears. J.P. Sears has shown you a lot of gumption, right? I mean, when he had those 11 punch outs in Texas, you know what you're going to get out of J.P. Sears. Muller continues to go out there and fight. So when you start to see the young guys, you know, it's hard to it's hard to judge. Are they getting better? It's just kind of like the eye test. You can see there's confidence growing the way they're out there competing. They're giving you more. So for you judging those guys, how do you see it? Because obviously it's going to be a roller coaster ride with young pitchers. Yeah, sometimes, you know, it, it's about, uh, you know, getting in survival mode sometimes. And, and can you survive without having your best stuff? Look, 
you know, we all talked about Mason's outing last night, you know, like I just said, hundred pitches, 54 strikes. He found a way to, to survive and uh, kept us in the game. When Mason starts executing his pitches a little bit better, man, watch out, you know? Yeah. And, and so that's what the, 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 the process is with these guys. Some of it is, you know, right now we're, we're looking what we can do to survive and, and then take that survival mode because that's a fight mode. You got to get into the fight and, and we have that and take that grit and now breathe a little bit, be confident that I can execute major league pitches. You know, the one thing we, you know, hopefully we're trying to do is execute major league pitches. And if we're not executing major league pitches right now, if we keep trying to execute those pitches, just like in 17, then good things will come. If we go away from trying to execute major league pitches and just stay in survival mode, we'll never get to the big picture thinking. So we got to go out there and still continue to learn how to pitch. And, you know, you know, if, if hitting timing, pitching is disruption of time. And we talk about that for as long as I've been in this organization, you know, we're, we're pitching to soft contact. We're taking the punch outs when we can. And, and the more we, we, you know, stay in that mode and, and stay the aggressor and really think big picture thinking, you know, at some point in time, you know, you're going to have to make a three, two pitch to win a world series game. Right. And not every time it can be a fastball. So if we're working on it sometimes here in, in, a, in a season and we're getting guys to, to try to make those pitches and they can't make those pitches. But in that World Series game down the line, they make that pitch. We're going to remember this moment. I just gave two examples yesterday. It was the A's game, uh, the last game against the Cincinnati Reds. And then two nights ago at Yankee Stadium, the defining plays in the game. It was the air by the pitcher that really set things up for Ruiz game winner. And it was a non-play by a pitcher that set up the uh, victory the other night against the Yankees for what Cody was at the twins. Uh, the Yankees went against. No, when the Yankees lost Clay oh, Holmes, it was the, uh, the guardians, the guardians. So my point was we sit here with technology and we're a barrel rate exit velocity. And they were squibbers, a bunt and a squibber that were the key. You still have to play the game. And why I bring that up is I think about pitching, as you mentioned, a three, two pitch, we can have Hawkeye. We can have Trackman, We can have rap Soto. We can have these high tech cameras at some point, as you mentioned, disrupting timing of the hitter, whatever the technology, at some point you have to make pitches that, you know, to hell with whatever you have to make the pitch. You have to compete. Well, I, we can go right back to the uh, J.P. Sears game in Anaheim, the, the breaking ball uh, for the for the homer there. Um, you know, he pitched a really good game and made one bad pitch that cost him a bunch of runs. Uh, but I thought he threw the ball really well. But it was that one pitch, you know, like you said, we can compile everything we want. And just one instant, the game can turn on you. And uh, the, the he left a slider middle middle guy hit a homer on it. And it was kind of a knockout punch. But overall, I thought he threw the ball really well. It was just that one pitch that got him. I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. I don't know if you have the answer, but somewhere in our game for that, this was the number like, oh, boy, you can't get up to it. You can't eclipse it. Danger, danger, danger. And I'm like, is there any scientific data, any medical data that says 100 and over, Pitchers are in really big in trouble. Why isn't it 85 pitches, 95, 105, 150? What is it about the number 100? You're not going to last night's game. No, I'm going to stay I mean, away from that. I'm just going to say no. for all pitchers, like as soon as we get to 100, broadcasters have all bought in. Oh, he's getting up to 100 pitches. Why isn't it 90, 
I, what, what, when did it become, why has it become, and that started happening probably when you were still pitching, well, right? I, I think, I think if you really break down the uh, pitch count numbers, if you're looking at starters going third time through and uh, the offense and what they do to starters third time through is kind of driven some of this pitch count stuff, which, uh, you know, analytically you look at it, the starter going out third time through, he's not as good. So if you got guys in your bullpen that are fresh that day, then, you know, there's a chance that, you know, the, the starter goes less than, than 100 and he gets the third time through and boom, you're, you, you go for it with your bullpen. So, you know, for me, you know, 15 pitches an inning times nine is what, 135, right? So uh, if you're cruising and you're 15, 15, 15, 15, for me personally, I, I think you can get up that high uh, as long as you're having, as long as you're having, you know, those innings combined, you know, 15 pitches per inning. But now we're, we got to the point where uh, almost 18 pitches per inning is, is where we're at with a major league pitcher. And now you divide, you know, you multiply that by nine. Now you're getting a little bit higher, but I, I really do think, you know, a lot of it is driven by, you know, looking at the data of the pitcher and where he's good and where he's bad. You know, most pitchers between 75 and hundred, the data is not as good. Their data is pretty good after 100. Why? Because they get to 100 and they're pitching good, so you leave them out there, right? Yeah. So you know, I you know, there's for me, it's always the rest on the backside. Uh, what are we doing uh, after those 100 pitches? You know, Mason Miller pitches 100 pitches uh, last night. Where you know he, he hasn't gone on five days rest much in his whole life and his whole career. So we're gonna you know kind of watch him. We watch his bullpen tomorrow. See where we're at with it. Make sure he's okay. The object is to keep him fresh for the game, and then and then see where we're at. So you know, I, I agree with you that you know why why are we getting to a hundred? But I, I think a lot of it is just uh, for me, you know, around the analytics and around this is where pitchers, you know, don't pitch as well, seventy five to hundred pitches, and uh, you know if we can get the bullpen and we got a, a stacked bullpen at the time, we use it. I mean, if you got a a, a solidified number one starter. Uh, and he's at 75, then the data's going to say, hey, stick with that guy, you know. Uh, that's what elite guys might go more pitches than your fourth and fifth starter. So I think what you're trying to do is just give your team a chance to win the ball game. I think it's interesting what you said, if you're only doing like 15 pitches per innings, because that's where they say some people worry is when a pitcher has an inning of 30-plus pitches in an inning, or let's say high 20s, that's when they worry about health. I, I, I agree with you. Like, if you're going through – 12, 15, you're getting a lot of outs to contact. There's nothing wrong with going deep into games. Yeah, I mean, right now, uh, you know, with the pitch clock, you're throwing 15 pitches faster than you threw 15 pitches last year. You're throwing 25 pitches faster than you did last year. Uh, you know, all the teams now have the data with the, with a Kinetrack system or a Hawkeye system to see what at what point in time during the inning uh, are, is the delivery slightly breaking down? You know, you get a guy around 22 pitches and he's throwing breaking balls and his delivery isn't as good. Maybe he's throwing now hanging breaking balls. You know, I always try to like to uh, make a trip around 20, 22 pitches, 23, depending on the flow of the inning to give the guy a breather. Uh, I've tried to send the catcher out uh, also around that time with two outs, uh, you know, because sometimes you need to, you need to, the trip to the mound to help the bullpen get ready. So, you know, with all the new data coming out, there's going to be more stuff that, that can tell you when pitchers deliveries are breaking down during innings and when pitches are breaking, pitches, pitchers are breaking down throughout the course of the game. Now with the pitch timer, I've been waiting to ask you this because obviously 
when you have too much time to think. I think about our golf games. We're sitting on the tee way too long, and all of a sudden, don't go left, don't go left. Wang, you go left. Sometimes it's better when you don't have time to think, and you just get it into a rhythm. We talk about rhythm again, right? You get in a rhythm, you just go. Have you found that the the pitch timer, we saw it in the minor leagues, but now at the big league level, that it's really helping catchers, pitchers get into a faster groove, which then helps your defense out. It starts to help a lot of different things. I think obviously when you're pitching good, it helps you out. You know, when you're struggling and you need a breather, it doesn't help you out. Uh, but, you know, keeping the game, keeping the pace of the game moving along, look, over the course of time, we're going to adjust to all this stuff. You know, by, by all-star break, we're going to be better at all-star break with the clock than we were to start the season. We're going to be way better next season as we are this season. So it's just an adjustment time. You know, when I grew up pitching, all my pitching coaches would always say, put the rosin bag close to the rubber and hurry up and get it going and, and try to get this game over with as fast as you can because of the defense and because trying to get into a good rhythm. But if, if you're not in a good rhythm, then it doesn't help you. And it's kind of almost like it's it's the, it's getting the game gets fast on you, yeah, right? It's got yeah. a little bit of a panic. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, some some guys want to process a little bit more. Yeah. They're a little bit slower processing. Uh, so you know, what pitch to throw? Oh, now I'm I'm down to like six seconds. I got to throw this pitch. Maybe they're not throwing pitches with conviction. So as we get better with this and, and getting the pitchers to understand the scouting reports and understand what they should be doing towards certain hitters and the catchers understanding what we can do towards certain hitters, putting down the right, you know, fingers or the button on the, on the first pitch is better for the pitcher than the, your, your second or third option. We like to talk about this all the time with you about how everybody thinks of a pitching coach or a hitting coach as someone that's just working on physical stuff. And a lot of this is more mental. It's about confidence. It's about belief. It's about your pitchers, how they're feeling. Sometimes they have stuff going on, you know, like Trevor May has stepped stepped away from the game because of things that he's dealing with. You know, we, we don't know what's going on with the athletes behind the scenes. Just, you know, talk about how much yeah, your job is, okay, how are we throwing the curveball? How are we do, how are we doing everything? But a lot of your job, too, is – What's going on here with your pitchers? Yeah, you know, your, your, your brain's a powerful tool. You know, uh, sometimes when you go, more times than not, when you go searching for problems, you're going to find problems. I, I tell the guys that a lot. Like, if you're searching and you're searching and you're searching, we'll find it. You know, we'll, we'll, we can get on the, 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 all the stats and all the systems and, and find something. And, and I try to tell them, go back. You know, I'll use Fuji as an example. I said, go back to when you were a rookie at 18 years old in the Japanese major leagues. And what did you think about? It's nothing. Well, there you go. You know, don't overthink, you know, get out there and clear your mind. Let it go. Yeah. Get out there and, yeah. and, and feel like you belong. And, and, you know, when you, when you get out there and you process and you're constantly processing, and you're, it's a tough life, man. It's a tough world to go constantly process, process, process. And, uh, you know, I, I try to get these guys, you know, hopefully to understand that they are good. That's why they're here. Execute the pitch that you're throwing. Not necessarily try to make your pitches better. Make better pitches. And what I mean by that is locate your slider down the way. Don't pull it and overthrow it and bounce it in the dirt sometimes. Take a chance of hitting the mitt down the way at the bottom corner of the strike zone. And then I'm, I'm pretty sure that's going to self-organize the delivery if that's what you're looking for. You know, you make a good pitch in the strike zone your delivery is probably pretty good. You, you yank one, you pull off a pitch, obviously your delivery is pretty bad. So, you know, really concentrate on 
making your pitches better rather than having better pitches because that's what you're going to do. If you're a 95 guy, don't try to throw 96, 97. Stay under control, make a good pitch, and it's going to be 95. How much during the season, the off season, do you read about the power of the mind and philosophies and how to deal with people? Because it's very easy for people to go negative. It's very easy. As you said, if you're looking for problems, you're going to find problems. You've said that twice now. And I immediately think of my golf game. I'm searching like, why, 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 you know, you know, what do I do? Well, why don't I concentrate what I do? Well, I mean, we're, we get down on ourselves. Like, like how much do you research that? Cause you know, that that's a big part of who you are. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're constantly, I am, I'm constantly on the internet in the off season trying to better, you know, myself as a leader and, and reading books and, and looking at information and, uh, the psychology of everything about understanding that, uh, you know, I want to be even keel the best I can, you know, in, in my golf game, what I've understood is if I don't practice and I don't play good, I'm not going to worry about it. I get out on the tee, I show up and I hack. I'm not worried about my golf game anymore because I don't practice. I don't take it as seriously enough. Now these guys, they get out there every day and they work hard and they practice, but you know, perfect practice, you know, it's hard to do. So repetition is easy. Get out there and repeat your delivery. Repeat, repeat, repeat the best you can. Uh, you know, repeating your delivery without a baseball, not worrying about the command of it. And then when you get on, don't worry about your delivery. Worry about commanding it are, are kind of some of the things I talk to our guys about. And, and you know, it's a process. You know, every day is a grind in, in this, you know, in this game and, and even in life, you know, life is like a game of baseball. You play it every day. It's just not the moves you make, the, the kind of game you play. So when you're out there and, and you're talking about, you know, pitching, you got to have that good, clear mind. And you got to understand that you are good. And all I got to do is make good pitches. And, and, you know, if I make good pitches and they hit it, maybe I got to, you know, find a new career, I guess, you know, it's hard, but, but we have to find a way to make good pitches. And the more times these guys make good pitches, the better they're going to be. Now I just realized a little bit ago, while doing this interview that my chair is a lot taller than his. If you don't know, he is actually a lot taller than I am. And I think, you know, watching the game and watching these playoffs, uh, I noticed you really came up in the wrong era. It was years ago with the Milwaukee Bucks that Don Nelson figured out my guards stink, but I got a big guy who can handle it and bring it up the floor. It was the invention of uh, the discovery of the point forward, which later on after Don Nelson did that, you became a point forward. If you would have come up, people got to realize he was a great basketball player back in the day. If you would have come up in this era where now we watch no big deal. LeBron James brings the ball up the floor. How much different would your basketball career have been if you played now where we accept big men shoot threes? Because guys your size, they, they always forced you under the basket, rebound. They would have allowed you to shoot threes and be the point forward a little more. I know you did a little bit of it, but if you would have come up now, you might have a different basketball career. Yeah, I mean, you know, basketball is a great love. Obviously, you know, baseball is – is, uh, you know, what I've always wanted to do. But I, I love basketball. I, I enjoy watching basketball games. Uh, you know, these guys are big, strong, and a little bit quicker than I was. You know, the weight room back in my day, you know, we really never heard of it. You know, we just <laughs> got out on the court and ran stadiums and uh, jump rope all day long. Uh, I think, it, you know, you know, I, I, the one thing I do regret probably in my baseball career is when we started doing weight training, I was kind of behind the eight ball on that one. Like, nah, I'm not, I don't know if I'm there yet, but I wish I would have gotten a little bit bigger and stronger for sure. 
How many triple doubles do you think you could have had back in the day? If you played this style of basketball, the running up and down the floor, you're handling the ball as the big man. How many triple doubles? I don't know. I mean, I I enjoy passing the basketball just as much as I loved shooting the basketball. I didn't really like getting under the boards and rebounding too much. You know, <laughs> guys, big guys banging on you. But uh, uh, you know, passing the right, rock double and, doubles. How many know, double you know, doubles? I think I could. I could think I could have a few double doubles. I got to tell you, it's always an honor to have you on the program. I don't care what the record is. I don't care the struggles. We know how great you are, what you've meant to so many pitchers. What, you know, we've had a lot of great pitchers come through here. And when they come back and they come on this show and what they they say and sing your praises, you're definitely one of the best in the business. And you know how much we love having you on. And keep your head up because, you know, in a year like this, you're truly being a teacher. Yeah, let's let's just stick to the process and, and do the best we can. And welcome to the press box. Thank you. I love it up here. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.